Welcome to The Quiet Life. I'm Michael James Wong, author, educator, meditator, and your host for the show. This is a podcast for powerful conversations that celebrate what it means to be human. Join me each week as I speak to inspiring and insightful guests about their life, what they've learned, and what they've left behind on their way to a more mindful way of living, and discover their personal experiences that have helped shape their lives for the better. Listen in and find your way to a quiet life. This week on The Quiet Life, what does celebration and gratitude mean to you? Celebration and gratitude for me is reminding ourselves of how rich and wealthy we are with everything that we already have access to and sparking positive energy within ourselves and also if sharing it to perhaps inspire other people to be more in tune and grateful about how wealthy they are likely to be too. Hey guys, and welcome to this week of The Quiet Life. Welcome back. Uh, I'm Michael James Wong, your host as always every week. And this week is you know, a really enjoyable conversation that we're going to have. I'm joined by my good friend, Dr. Rupi Ajla. How are you, my bud? I'm good. I'm good. This is going to be fun. Yeah, no, it's really nice. I mean, for those of you guys listening who aren't familiar with Rupi's work, Rupi is a doctor, an author, a home cook, and the founder of Doctor's Kitchen. Now, you know, what's really important with these conversations in this podcast is while there's a lot of wisdom that, uh, you know, I'm going to ask Rupi about with food and medicine, all these kind of things, it's also really important that these conversations actually cut straight to the heart of who we are as people and what things uh, matter to us. So Rupi, the way that I like to start this conversation, and actually you'll know this because for you you guys listening, Rupi and I have actually done lots of work together before. He's a big advocate for the Just Breathe community, has been at the events, hosted events. And if you remember, uh, one of the, the big rules that we have at Just Breathe when we get things going is we ask people, introduce yourself, uh, tell us who you are, not what you do. So I'm gonna throw that question to you to kick it off. Yeah, I, I remember those events. It seems like a lifetime ago that we were allowed to do those as well. And they're super enjoyable because you get to ask those kind of questions to strangers as well mm. and actually learn a lot about someone beyond their position. Because even the way we're, you know, we, we, we introduce ourselves, it's like, you know, he's a doctor, he's a chef. That's kind of like what we identify as. But what I have started working on is how I define myself uh, in my in my journal and what I want to aspire to to identify with. And I, and I think you know the first thing I write is um, uh, I'm I'm grateful and I'm a compassionate individual. Mm. And I think those two features of my of my, of my writing sort of emulate through my personality these days as well, which is why. I think throughout the whole period during 2020, I've been very positive and, and gracious for everything that I've had. And, and I hope, hopefully people kind of get that as well. So yeah, I would say for me, it's, I'm, I'm a grateful and compassionate person. And that's what I strive to be better at every, every day too. Yeah, no, I think that's really important. That was beautifully said. And 
you know, as you mentioned, a lot of times in life or in society and conversations, we're always depicting ourselves with labels, with identities, you know, perhaps because it's an easier way to maybe understand each other. Maybe it's an easier way to, to show our own personal value. But what you're saying and what I really much believe is that if we can start to move in the direction of being represented by our qualities, you know, our perspectives, our passions, then actually in a lot of ways, we start to understand each other a lot more and we actually start to understand ourselves a lot more. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think it's because we live in this sort of hyperactive state of instant gratification with excess technology and, you know, the the need to demonstrate points very quickly to whoever's receiving that, uh, that we love labels we love tags we love like you know oh he's a doctor is that is that you know it just gets it across whereas actually i think and this is why i love the just breathe community and and this pod as well we kind of need to slow down and actually enjoy the process of having a conversation or the diving deeper into subjects okay well you're a doctor what does that actually mean what are your qualities what has made you want to become someone in the medical profession what are things that you've experienced during your lifetime that has led you to the person that you are now and i think through a confluence of a number of different things it's it's kind of why i kind of fell into medicine and why i'm in the process of moving out actually and into other areas where i feel like i can help people a lot better and serve the community a lot better as well Mm. And I think the point that you made there, which, which I find really valuable as well, is that the, the idea of needing to slow down is, is, is not a new thought these days anymore. And I, I can appreciate the fact that there's a lot of people understanding the, the value of slowing down. But if we take that a little bit further to maybe recognize that if we were to take one step back and realize that in our lives, the things that we most enjoy, we often want to spend more time doing it, mm. right? So there's actually the irony of the confliction of going, well, you talk fast or the world talk fast, so I need to respond quickly as opposed to, actually, I really like going on long walks in nature, for example, so I'm gonna go do that and take time. But yet when we start to get in these rapid fire shotgun conversations, someone says something, so you respond quickly. Someone sends you an email, you fire it back. And all of a sudden the, the places where we spend our time, arguably the places where we are expressing passion or dedication or service, we're almost trying to move too rapidly rather than actually experience the the joy or the appreciation or the passion in those moments that are really important to us as individuals. Yeah. And I think, you know, we have to be sort of a bit more confident in ourselves to cut our own lane and actually move away from that sort of a need to respond as quickly. I mean, and it's lit, it's quite literal actually you know the need to respond to someone's message or someone's email is quite literal these days let alone within our personal relationships and the need to you know uh, be everything for everyone so yeah cutting your own lane and actually allowing yourself to slow down and discover what you like what makes you happy what makes you a better person it's something i've been working on certainly over the last few years because as you know, it's it's very easy to fall into that that rat race of okay, doing a book and doing another one, and then you know you've got to post on social media the whole time, and you have to fit 
you know, the, the mold of what someone in your position is meant to be doing. But slumming down, I think, has allowed me to sort of discover a bit more about my true personality. And, and like when you started this conversation, who I am and why mm. I'm like that. Yeah, and I think maybe, and if I, if I was to speak honestly, and this is probably why I relate to you so much, and I think a lot of it comes from that idea that in, in many ways, we, we swim in the same lane, but in different swimming pools. Mm. And so we, you know, a lot of times you and I will catch up and talk about things. Does that work for you? How's that going? Or, Ooh, that feels like this is happening. And as someone to say, you know, I really appreciate our friendship and I appreciate the wisdom that you share because a lot of times when we catch up, it's not about, let's say the output of our, our work or our, our careers. It's more about, Hey, this is how I'm feeling about this. Or do you feel like this is working? Or do you feel like this is moving, you know, in, in the right direction? And I think it's important to have those moments of self-awareness for ourselves and with others. And, and to your point earlier about the need or the value of gratitude and appreciation, that comes to mind to me, this idea of maybe what I'm going to ask you a little bit more about today is this, this need for not only self-awareness, but the celebration or appreciation of that, which helps shape our, our decisions. Mm. I mean, where do you sit with that idea of gratitude and the need to celebrate gratitude or celebrate or appreciate the things that, you know, we become more appreciative of. For, for me, I think gratitude has been pivotal for keeping me on the straight and narrow when it comes to my mindset, when it comes to removing negative ruminations and feelings and living more presently. And when I say living more presently, you know, living not just in the moment, but also in a way that is positive and has a positive impact on your well-being on a, in, in every moment. I've been like very lucky to grow up in a family where we've consciously appreciated the luxuries that we have. And when I say luxuries, I mean the fact that we can put food on the table, the fact that we have a family unit, the fact that we have people that support each other. And that's quite, you know, it's kind of inbuilt, I suppose, into Indian culture as well. But the process of consciously practicing gratitude on a day-to-day -day basis by asking yourself what things sparked joy for you today? What things are you lucky to have? What things are you most gracious for? You know, gives you A, a positive accent at the end of your day but it reaffirms just how wealthy we all are. And, you know, I've spoken to a few people, including friends of mine that are multimillionaires, they've been successful by industries and society standards. They have had, you know, materialistic wealth as well as relationships. And many of them have been on a similar journey in that lots of those external things don't as matter as much as your perception of how happy you are and if you can form and mold your own perception of happiness then everyone can be wealthy in any moment of any day you don't need to wait for something or, or you know tick something off on your list to achieve that so for, for me gratitude is the mechanism and the process by which we become wealthy in ourselves we actually achieve that inner peace and, and that that contentment that i think everyone wants to have Mm. 
And I really like that, you know, the way that, that, that you share that perspective of its wealth within, our, within ourselves. And mm. I mean, and that very much was the essence of this whole podcast, this whole idea of the quiet life is that sense of not necessary. Can you just find a, a moment in your day to, to close your mouth? Not that mm. that's not valuable, but actually, you know, the let's call it stimulation or excess or temptation or distraction, all those things that we potentially, you know, we, we grow up with, or we find ourselves being invited into just by how society works. We find uh, that oftentimes those crescendos in our lives often start to soften at some point when we realize what we're actually, you know, grateful for, what is really important in our lives. And, and, and that inevitably helps to hopefully, you know, bring us closer to a place of feeling that, that wealth within. Yeah. And, you know, for, for me, it's an ongoing process as well that there are so many times where I will catch myself, you know, being snarky or being a spoiled brat, you know, or like, <laughs> or like in, in my mind, you know, of flicking through social media and I'm like, what, why, why couldn't I achieve that? Or like, you know, how did mm -hmm. they get this? Or, you know, and you, we, we are sort of sucked in to this world or this spiral of comparison and self-doubt and negative ruminations about ourselves when we sort of always com compare each other. And I think, you know, it's, it's an ongoing process. And I think gratitude uh, as well as other mechanisms, like, like you said, just closing your mouth <laughs> and, and, and giving yourself time to really sit with yourself. Um, these are the things that, that truly help because it is very easy. And I, I would also postulate that it's probably worse today and easier to fall into the trap of those negative ruminations mm -hmm. uh, and comparison and lack of self-worth more than ever in society because oh, of yeah. how many you know things we have to take our attention these days and and it's conversations I, I think like this that are almost part of the antidote to the problem that we have in society but yeah, uh, the, those those processes, those practices of gratitude, of, of sitting quietly, of meditation, of mindfulness, whatever works for you, even walks in nature, which is something I, I've really got into, obviously during 2020. That I think is you know a, a, an an incredible tool in our toolbox of, of how to live in a and thrive in a modern world. And so let me ask you this, and, and obviously, you know, lots of conversations around gratitude are, are relatively out there for people to realize that there's so much value. And obviously, I know you have a lot of personal practices. Mm. I know in the past, you've done daily gratitude challenges, these types of things. But if I was to extend the question a, a little bit further, what's the relationship between the, the need for gratitude, as well as the need for celebration of that gratitude? Yeah, so I, I think it's a, it's a good point. There's the need for gratitude is to remind yourself of the things that make us wealthy as, as human beings. And I'm not talking about material wealth. I'm talking about love, compassion, community, the ability to think, you know, these are things that we, we, we really do take for granted. And by writing those down or thinking about them, that is really the celebration of gratitude. That is really the celebration of the things that we would otherwise pass over. And when we learn to celebrate these things, you come to the realization, and again, this is all a process, but you tend to come to the realization that we have everything within our reach. We have all the tools within ourselves because of these 
a few things that we, we take for granted to achieve true happiness, to achieve true contentment and to achieve whatever extra goals that you want to achieve in the future. I mean, I, I'm not saying that people need to remove goal setting from their life, but you definitely need to set goals in the knowledge that you have so much already. Uh, and that is, you know, essentially a, a celebration of the things uh, and, and a celebration of gratitude as well. Yeah. Do, do you think it's important and necessary to, to share that which you're grateful for or to share anything in, in celebration, whether it's not just the, the celebration of the words coming out onto the page of actually to, to tell people or to, dare I say, like, have a party, you know, when it's appropriate for, you know, a big graduation or something that you've accomplished, you know, this, this, let, let's call it an outward display of celebration. It, where does that sit in your value system? It's interesting. I think it depends on the person. So, I mean, I was sharing my daily gratitude practice for uh, over two years on social media, really as a, uh, a, a way to show other people that this is what I, I do and this is what could be beneficial for you as well. And I always sort of ended it by talking about why I was doing what I was doing. But, but also uh, it kind of kept me accountable as well. Mm -hmm. So I think there were benefits in that, you know, sharing it with other people kind of uh, kept me on the straight and narrow and it kept me you know, doing it. And I, and I still do it today. I just choose not to show it because I realized what I was doing is not being as honest with myself as I could because, you know, in reality, I wanted to talk about how grateful I was to having having a conversation with my dad on a particular day. Um, but we might have been having a personal conversation and I wouldn't want to just put that on social media sure. without being respectful of that. So I think from that perspective, uh, absolutely, that there are definitely pros and cons depending on the person. But I think also, you know, there is some virtue in showing other people and celebrating openly to other people about your own gratitude because it, it sparks a hint of what they could also achieve as well. Mm. And I think that ripple effect of positivity is something that we should be sort of encouraging. And so even now, every now and then I will talk about gratitude and I'll share it across social media platforms and talk about it on podcasts as well because I, I feel that is a useful for people and it's a, a useful endeavor that I think uh, other people would, would benefit from as well. Yeah. And, and I mean, for, for all the years that you and I've been friends and following and watching your stuff, I mean, that's for me, that was always the most meaningful stuff and, and interesting stuff. Not, not just because, I mean, all the food is, is fantastic, of course, but it allowed yeah. me an insight on who you are and allowed me to understand that that there's a human behind you know the meal which i think is important because a lot of times in all industries people can be identified by their output as opposed to their existence yeah and even in that sense for you do, do you find that that happens or has happened to you before that people come to you with a sort of i already know everything about you mm. and that then takes away from any ability to maybe have a first meaningful connection yeah, it's a, it's a really good point. I don't think I've experienced it in a negative way in that people sort of already understand everything that I'm about in that, you know, oh, he's a doctor, he's a chef. I don't really need to get to know this guy anymore because I already know everything about him because he shares it across social media. 
and certainly showing the gratitude sort of process gave a much deeper insight into my personality. And I think to your point, Mike, you know, I think a lot of people did resonate with that and it, and it gave a deeper connection. And the way I, I see what I do and what you do and, and what other individuals do as individual brands as well, you know, we are mini businesses and people in today's age, we are drawn to businesses with purpose. So showing that vulnerability, showing that authentic side definitely resonates with a lot of people because they are seeing the purpose behind what we do. Mm. So it's not just what I do, i.e. I'm a doctor who talks about nutritional medicine, food is medicine, encouraging people to eat their way to health. It's why am I doing that? And the why is because I'm trying to democratize that information about why food is so medicinal as well as giving people access to how they can do that for themselves because I want people to live healthy, pain-free, energetic, vivacious lives where they can go and achieve their goals and, and fulfill their true potential. That's the why I do what I do. And I, and I think, you know, gratitude and, and demonstrating a bit of vulnerability by doing those things that I was doing over the last couple of years and continue to do just resonates with people a lot more and actually demonstrates the purpose behind the doctor's kitchen and all the other uh, initiatives. Take a moment to download the Just Breathe app with guided meditations, music, and soundtracks created and recorded especially to calm the mind and ease the body. We've literally put the power of mindfulness in the palm of your hands, and even more, it's free. We've created this app as a way to support our growing community, and it is for anyone and everyone ready to step into a quieter conversation. So go ahead and download the app now. It's on iPhone and Android devices, and for more information about our growing conversation on and offline, make sure you visit justbreatheproject.com where you'll find more podcasts, lots of amazing stories and video content, and conversations all around mindfulness in the real world. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at JustBreathe. If someone's to see who you are and what you do as an outsider's point of view, you can see that there's quite a diverse mix of things that you that you share and that you spend your time on, whether it is being a doctor, being an author, being a cook or a chef. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are out there in, let's call it, in, in your ecosystem. But for me, looking at it through a different lens, I think it's all very much similar, right? It's all very much you know, you coming from a place of service, coming from a place of, of sharing and, and, and doing that in a very selfless aspect, where, where did that sense of service come from? Where did that sense of, you know, I just want to be as helpful as possible to people? Yeah, I, you know, I think it actually has its roots in religion, actually, because I was brought up in a Punjabi household uh, and I, I was raised a Sikh. For the listeners, you know, Sikhism is um, a relatively young religion where we identify ourselves with long hair, turbans. We wear a kippan and uh, steel uh, wristlet and everything comes down to the first words of our um, religious scripts, which is ikumkar. And ikumkar means uh, everything is one. And it basically celebrates the oneness in everything. It's one of the most sort of progressive um, religions in that they don't proselytize. It's uh, derived from the teaching of ancient practices of 
Judaism, Christianity, Buddhism, Islam, and Hinduism. And one of the, the core features of Sikhism is uh, something called Seva. And Seva is giving back to the community or service to the community. The way we do that is we provide free food. So anyone who comes to the temple is given free food. And if you remember what recently happened with the truck drivers in, in Kent and being stuck in, uh, in, at the port of Dover, you had a whole bunch of Sikhs going down there providing free food to the guys that were trapped in their trucks over, over the Christmas period. And that happens across the world because Sikhs are always there to provide food and, and provide service. And I think that cultural element to how I was brought up and the, the teachings of Sikhism have sort of in part been responsible for me going to medicine, me being someone who is focused on helping others as a way to do good, not just because it's the right thing to do, but because it's actually nourishing for, for me uh, and myself as well. So I think that was certainly in part, of course, like my, my parents and the way I was brought up and, and stuff as well. But I think that in part is a layer to why I'm so committed to community and mm. providing um, for, for other people and trying to, like I said earlier, d democratize that information so people can help themselves and live healthier, happier lives. Mm. I mean, that, that's a great, a great thought behind that. I actually didn't know a lot about behind you. And what I really love about that, I mean, and, and, and very similar in that same way, you know, yours, yours comes from this sense of uh, religious or cultural background, as well as a, a family background. And for a lot of people, they can, they'll resonate to that because, you know, they're raised a certain way. There are certain principles within culture, religion, any, you know, similar, and, you know, this idea of seva, you know, coming from Vedic philosophies is, is that idea of, of selflessness, which, you know, from, from my side of events is, you know, a big pillar and tenant in, in the things that we teach in mindful practices and looking at that. And even just as a point of maybe a, a deeper dive, and, and this is something that I've learned over the years that we understand that seva itself can be pulled out into different layers, right? Different layers of service. And you might be familiar with, or you probably are, you know, this idea of nishkam karma, right? This mm. idea that, that, that service itself can be defined in many ways, but in most commonly two ways, one of selflessness, pure selflessness, like needing nothing in return versus let's call it the, maybe the, the semi-selflessness where selfless acts, but I still need you to say thank you, or mm. I've opened the door for you, but hey, mate, you, you saw open the door, yeah, right? Those, yeah. you know, those little bits of, of uh, what we would call reward back or acknowledgement. And while mm. obviously that's common decency and manners, what I really love about you is that it actually is pure selflessness, right? You support people. And, you know, while it's nice if you get a thank you, it doesn't bother you if someone's like, thank you so much, thank you so much, because I know from you that it comes from a place of, I just want to be helpful. I just want to yeah. be here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I you know, I, I think I'd be lying if I said that I didn't get a sense of joy or that dopamine hit when I get, you know, followers or I get recognition or appreciation. I think we're all human in, in that regard. But what I'm striving for is exactly that, that that sort of giving with pure selflessness in mind where I can be completely content 
in the knowledge that I'm doing something great or amazing or mildly positive for someone else and letting myself sit with that. And I think I'm definitely a work in process, uh, yeah. work in progress for that. I mean, I think everyone is. Everyone yeah. is. I mean, when we look at those principles, you look at that, like that, you know, service with reward or we suck on God. I mean, that's that's the yeah. service of, of human beings. We're all moving in the direction of trying to be absolute selfless. But the reality yeah. is, is obviously it's, you know, let's call it finitely unachievable, but it is perspective we're moving towards. But I mean, I, I really appreciate that the qualities that, that you're sharing and, and, and it really is, I think really important for people to maybe take away from this conversation is that, you know, it would be very easy for us to jump in and go, tell me about this, tell me about this, the, this, this food thing or the value of this from a clinical or medical point of view. And I think what's really important is that that's a big part of you. And there's so much resource that you have out there. So many places people can find you. You have so many of your own channels. And I really want to urge people to go there, investigate but also, you know, ask people about themselves, you know, mm. you know, ask people about their purpose. And I think for me early on, that was, you know, a really big piece of advice that I was given of, you know, focus on the person, not the output. Right. Mm. And I mean, for you, what's like, what's one of the greatest pieces of advice you you've been given or something you really remember? I think one of the, the greatest um, piece of advice that I got in terms of how it shaped me in a positive way, I think is probably from my dad. He, he actually, it's, it's my second book that I dedicated to him actually. And I wrote in the dedication, you know, he instilled in me the value and virtue of hard work, but also humility. And it's that humility that my dad demonstrates on a daily basis that has subtly influenced um, my personality in a, in, a, in a positive light because, I mean, he, he used to have a long hair and, and, and actually be what we call a sadar, which is like a, a proper um, Sikh with all the five Ks. And I think just the way he would talk about stories and, and both my parents would talk about stories from gurus and stuff when I was growing up, I think those sort of teachings kind of instilled in me this sense of, gratitude humility and that sort of contentment with what you have i i think the best pieces uh, of advice or the best piece of advice that i think i could share to people is that we are already wealthy and if you don't feel like you're wealthy you need to dig a lot deeper the very fact that you are able to listen to this podcast demonstrates immense wealth much more than you can imagine. And when, when we realize that, that's when we can experience true joy. And again, it's a work in process, but though those sort of realizations, I think for me at a personal level have been absolutely pivotal. Um, and, and I think the other thing is, you know, when it comes to uh, your ability to give back to the community or give back to people or, or practice seva, it doesn't have to be huge grandiose gestures like going all the way down to the truckers in Kent and providing free food. It can be the simple act of, of smiling at someone. It can be the simple act of saying thank you or, or demonstrating common decency. Those things we should, to your point earlier, absolutely celebrate because they are rich 
positive accents in our daily lives that will otherwise go completely unnoticed and they contribute to your overall mental well-being and your sense of joy and sense of community and purpose. Mm. I think that is such a really nice and beautiful way to, to put that perspective out. And I think, you know, in a lot of ways, in a lot of aspects of our lives, it, it is very easy to look towards grand actions or big swings of, of service or, or big moments of gratitude, right? Oftentimes we, we only celebrate or appreciate at a birthday or at a Christmas or at a holiday, but actually, you know, you got up today. You know, you, you were able to kind of, you know, just share a little nice message with someone and you were able to hold the door for someone that just happened mm. to be walking by, you know, or, you know, you smile at someone, they smile back. I believe that oftentimes if we're just looking for big grand moments in life, whether for ourselves or for the actions of others, you actually miss out on every little moment that can be appreciated in, in similar magnitude. Yeah, exactly. I love the first thing you said there, you know, you got up today mm. that yeah, celebrating that is incredible. The fact that you got up today is amazing. And I, it's something I've started doing over the last couple of years where I write down my affirmation in the morning. And one of the first things I do is, you know, write down to myself, you know, the world is great. The world is beautiful. And that again, instills that sense of uh, amazing positive energy. The fact that I've got up and the world is like this. And despite the negativity and despite, you know, what media outlets try and suggest to us subtly, unconsciously and consciously, you know, it is a beautiful place and we should celebrate that. And, uh, and yeah, I think the, the more of that we can remind ourselves mm. uh, of, the, the better it is for, for, for everyone as an individual and, and as a collective. Yeah, great. I mean, if I could share one thing with you, and this is kind of a personal practice that I have that I've built into my life over the years, you know, th this idea of non-negotiables, you know, th these moments of gratitude, the, these acts of service, you know, there's these qualities and, and behaviors in our lives that come to a point where we realize these are or should be non-negotiable, mm -hmm. right? And we find that as a, as, a, as a personal point of awareness. I know for me, you know, non-negotiable things are kind conversations, you know, having a moment of gratitude and appreciation, being as supportive as I can to my family, my friends, my community. And so in that idea of, of non-negotiables, it's ensuring that we integrate it in all aspects of our lives, but also talk about it, share about it, you know, allow people to realize it to your point earlier. So people can see and maybe, dare I say, be inspired mm. or maybe be you know, encouraged to do similar. And I, I talk about it in the idea of non-negotiables that you integrate and celebrate every day, which simply is, you need to be nice, right? Yeah. Nice. And I see, be, be nice. And if you wake up every day and you're nice, you have these, all these non-negotiables that you, you know, that you put into your regular rhythm, then actually we start to see this huge uplift within ourselves that isn't a grand display of action, but just in many ways, kind of this feeling of becoming almost a, uh, a happier human or you experience yeah. life a bit more fully. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, being conscious about the attributes that we want to experience and express and, you know, writing that down or thinking about it in a very literal way uh, is hugely powerful. I would, uh, I would definitely encourage that as well. Okay. Mate, now I want to thank you so much for having this chat. I mean, I know typically you have lots of conversations around all kinds of, of, 
the world of, of your work and food mm-hmm. and color medicine. So for me, it's, it's really, I mean, I feel really grateful to, to have our human conversations. So I want to thank you for being up for that today. No, thank you, man. This has definitely been one of the deeper conversations that I've, I've ever had on a podcast. And I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to talk about it. I think, you know, these sessions, particularly when they're this open and authentic, uh, is like a, a form of therapy for, for both of us. You know, mm. it's very rare that we get a chance to dive deeper into our feelings, our thoughts about the world and be able to share that as well on a, on a platform. So, no, I, I appreciate it, buddy. Oh, amazing, man. And, and like always, you know, we, we have to remember that our greatest wisdoms in life come from who we are and not what we do. But it would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge all the great work you are doing. I know you are doing amazing things in the world of food and medicine. You have the culinary medicine program that you've set up. You have the new book that has just come out. If you'd like, if you want to share a few words on it, just as, you know, not to, to take you know, a different slant, but just so people know that the service that you've just put out there. Yeah, man. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, the thing that I'm most proud of, I think is uh, the nonprofit, the Culinary Medicine UK program that we started in the UK a couple of years ago, where we teach medical students the foundations of nutrition, but also how to cook. And we take a, a multidisciplinary approach to how we teach them using registered nutrition professionals, professional chefs, and doctors as well. And it's that combination of teachers uh, in an environment where we actually get them to cook and have a family meal afterwards that allows for discussions around the issues around food and food security and sustainability and different dietary types and how we use the evidence base to suggest certain foods based on people's conditions. So that's definitely been a labor of love. And the latest cookbook 321 has really come out of feedback from thousands of people asking me to lower the barrier to healthy eating every single day. And so I came up with this formula of three portions of fruits and vegetables per person, two servings per recipe, and all using one pan where you can make stir fries, curries, casseroles, tray bakes, whilst looking after your health effortlessly because if there was one thing I could get people to do uh, to improve their health, to improve their well-being, longevity, it's to increase fruit, vegetable, nut, and seed consumption. And that's exactly what the, the book is designed to do. Plus, minimize washing up. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also a big thing as well. Yeah. Great, great. <laughs> Mate, thank you so much. It has been an absolute joy. I know for everyone listening, there's been a lot of little words and wisdoms to take out of that. So thanks so much, as always, for your time. Uh, your wisdom and your friendship, my friend. No, my my pleasure, Michael. And uh, the same goes back to you, like putting out these conversations, putting out all the stuff that you do. It's pure love. So keep on doing what you're doing, brother. Nice man. All right, guys. For everyone listening, I mean, I'll I'll do the last takeaways just because it's easy. If you want to find out more about Rupi or any of the work you do, go into your Google and type Doctor's Kitchen, and you will be able to find him on everywhere, anything social media, Instagram, websites, all those kind of things. You know, what's great about the work that Ruby does is all roads tend to lead back to a single place of service. Thanks, Ruby. Thanks again. Thanks everyone for tuning in, listening into this week's episode. Once again, I'm your host, Michael James Wong. You can follow along me and my journey 
at Michael James Wong. Make sure you connect with us over at Just Breathe, and we will see you next time on The Quiet Life.